1017 Studios. You are listening to the Lanch J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. sitting behind the desk coming to you live from Paragon 7 Studios here in Nashville, Tennessee broadcast around the world it's easy for me to sit here overlooking the music city saying that somebody's soft but Carson Wentz is soft as as Eddie Murphy said in life my goodness Mr. Glass is going to Mr. Glass. I mean, this guy gets hurt. This ball gets hurt. Literally, every time he steps on a football field, like, I almost feel that that just mediocre, non-athletic me, I think I could give you a game or two. Now, I mean, I'm not going to tackle nobody. I'm not going to complete no passes. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to throw, I'm, I'm going to look like Zach Wilson out there. I mean, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw four consecutive picks. I mean, I'm not. I'm not implying that 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 I could suit up and take the field field in the NFL and be effective, but I don't think that I break my ankle. I mean, golly, this man gets out there. I'm watching the Colts game. My team, Colts playing the Rams. Rams. Rams are a very good team. They look good with with Matthew Stafford. Cooper Cup looks like he's like he's having a, a Pro Bowl, perhaps All Pro caliber type of season. And the Colts, they really outplayed the Rams, so I'm happy for that. I knew that my Colts were going to start slow because Carson Wentz didn't play in the preseason because he broke his foot or tore something in his foot or ligament in his foot, something like that. I tore a ligament in my foot. Took a long time to heal. I understand. That said, I'm not making $37 million a year. So I expect his foot to heal a lot faster than my foot because I don't need my foot to sit behind the desk and talk sports. It's going to be real hard to do a seven-step drop with a broken foot. So he rehabs, he gets back on the field. And the second game, man, this guy, this guy, this guy in the in the fourth quarter. In, in a crucial situation, in a close game against the Rams, who are a Super Bowl contender, you lost to the Seahawks last week. You don't want to go 0-2, especially losing two of those games at home. And I know I know nobody listening on WOL cares about the Colts. We'll talk about the WFT at some point. I know nobody in Nashville cares about the Colts, but I don't care about the Titans. Because the Titans are an enemy. They don't have any respect for the Tennessee Titans. I have no respect for the Tennessee Titans, and I have no respect for the checkerboard orange Tennessee Volunteers football program. As I've said many times, the Titans are just a speed bump, not even a high speed bump, one of those lower speed bumps. They're just a speed bump historically on Peyton Manning's route to winning the AFC South, 
and they're getting thrashed by the Patriots, by 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 Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, the Patriots. And that's what your legacy is. You're the understudy of the understudy. Peyton was was Tom Brady's concubine, and you were Peyton's concubine, and then you're Andrew Luck's concubine. But I digress. This guy twists his ankle or rolls his ankle. We don't know what the MRIs were saying, all of that stuff. But this guy basically can't can't play, limps off to the sideline. Jacob Eason has to come in the fourth quarter against the Rams. This is his first NFL action in the actual game. Got to play a guy. Aaron Donald. Would you want Aaron Donald? This is the first time you're like, you're like Willie Beeman. Playing for the for the for the Miami Sharks with Al Pacino. In, on any given Sunday. You're Willie Beeman. You're holding a clipboard. You've got one of these metrics. Fig Newton bars in your mouth. And, and uh, in one hand and Gatorade in the other hand. You have no intention of playing. You got to go out there and play in the fourth quarter. Against Aaron freaking Donald who's arguably the best player in the NFL and arguably the best defensive tackle in the history of the NFL. Already at that point, like a belly, a belly is not supposed to get 20 sacks. 18 sacks. Those are Lawrence Taylor numbers. That's like somebody that's coming off the edge. Even the Reggie White, the Bruce Smith, defensive end, outside linebacker. You're not supposed to be a belly a defensive tackle and get double-digit sacks, much less 20 sacks in a season. So, of course, Jacob Eason comes out, and he throws an interception on his, on his first pass. It's, it's a pick. If Carson Wentz is able to stay on the field, the Colts probably win that game. But because Carson Wentz can't stay on the field because he's Mr. Glass, Mr. Glass had to Mr. Glass and who knows what the situation is now? And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, man. I'm, I mean, I'm not hoping for anyone to be injured, but I don't, I don't want the Colts to be stuck with Carson Wentz because he sucks. He looks like a quarterback. If he could play in a red jersey and not get hit, he'd be a fantastic quarterback. But he's not available. He doesn't have the best body language. He doesn't have the best tempo. And all of those things are really important. Now, you guys in D.C., y'all have a nice young quarterback. I don't know if this guy is the next Kurt Warner. I don't even know if this guy is the next Mark Rippon. But Taylor Heineke is a nice little piece, man. This guy is gritty. He's gutty. He wants to play. He wants to win. He has fire. He has a lot of those it qualities. He may not be the pedigree the high draft pick. And speaking of high draft picks, man, did you, did you have you seen Trevor Lawrence? I feel sorry. And I'm an Ohio State guy. I love Urban Meyer. I literally have a wax bust statue of Urban Meyer at Paragon 7 Studios. I have, I have Ohio State championship banners hanging from Paragon 7 Studios. Urban Meyer is in over his head. I'm not going to read the articles. People start to turn on him in, on the team saying that he manages people poorly. That he's running it like he's still at Florida or Ohio State or at Bowling Green or Utah. But Trevor Lawrence doesn't look good. Trevor Lawrence has thrown. He's, he's averaging three picks a game. He's, he's a pick machine. And if Trevor Lawrence, I mean, I hate to play the race card, but if Trevor Lawrence was, if his name was Ray Ray Lawrence or Hakeem Lawrence, 
I'm trying to think of other 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 black names. Uh, Jamal, if his name was Jamal Lawrence, they'd be crucifying him on media. Instead, it's just like, oh well, you know, Jacksonville is such a bad team. You know, it just takes so much. It takes so much time to to develop. He's he's a rookie quarterback, and he has he goes through all the progressions, and he really understands the offense. You know, he's just had a lot of bad luck. He has no receivers to throw to. Coaching really isn't that good. Jacksonville's not that great of a franchise. It's a difficult environment to play with. Zach Wilson threw so many interceptions. He was on a he was on a way to to be in to to goat level of of interceptions before they just stopped throwing the ball last week. Like he was on his way to be a Nathan Peterman. He had he had at one point four completions and four picks. Some of those picks, one of the picks, it actually looked like he led the quarterback. Like he like he thought for a brief moment that he was playing for, for, for the other team. Now I know, I know going up against a Bill Belichick defense in New England is very confusing. I've seen Bill Belichick befuddle the, the great Peyton Manning as a Colts fan. But there were almost some glitch plays, like some Madden glitch plays, where, where Zach Wilson felt that he was trying to hit the safety for New England in stride for, for a touchdown. There's been a lot of bad quarterback play. And then my guy's injured. And it's just, it's just, it's just a cluster. I'm not having a great, I'm not having a great week for sports. I'm having a bad week for sports. My Colts kind of suck. If Jacob Eason has to play with our schedule, they could be one in seven real soon. And then you have all of that talent and you've wasted another year of Naheem Hines' career. You've wasted another year of Jonathan Taylor's career. You've wasted another year of Quentin Nelson. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, he's pretty much done. I'd love to have a young stud or someone to, I, I wish that they had Trey Lance. I wish, I don't, man, if they got Jimmy Garoppolo, but that's just, you can't have, well, he's another Mr. Glass. So you can't have two Mr. Glasses. But but I, I don't think that the Carson Wentz experience is going to work. And you guys in D.C. listening, you know about Carson Wentz. You know his act because you've seen it with Philly. You know what he is. You know who he is. You weren't worried about him. You didn't care if he stayed in Philly or not. You weren't, you weren't really worried about him. But on top of that, my Ohio State Buckeyes, they suck too. Now, I've had, I've had a lot of fun on this show making fun of Ann Arbor Community College. And Coach Khaki and making fun of Penn State, our little brothers and sisters in the Big Ten, making fun of Wisconsin, 59 to nothing, Wisconsin, making fun of Iowa in their pink locker rooms. I've had a lot of fun on this show making fun of Big Ten football. I don't even talk about Maryland because Maryland, no offense, you're not important enough to be discussed on this show. I don't talk about turtle football. My objective is to actually have listeners and to have sponsors, and if I were to talk about Maryland Terrapins football, then I would not be on the air very long. Ohio State, we've we've absolutely throttled Penn State consistently. Every once in a while, they'll go there at a night game. It'll be a whiteout, like when they played Auburn last weekend. Penn State will block a punt or get a pick six or something like that, and they'll beat Ohio State. But for the most part, every year, Ohio State's going to win. We know that Michigan's only beat them twice since the turn of the century. But this is the year 
Ohio State has a bad offense. They got a bad defense. C.J. Stroud is confused. He doesn't know what's going on. I know he's a freshman, but it's hard for me to believe that in that quarterback room where you have four five-star prospects, that he's the best that you have to offer. I'm ready for Quinn Ears to come in. I know he's like a senior in high school and he enrolled early, but just get him onto the field because he's, he's the future. C.J. Stroud overthrows everybody. He's not comfortable. He's scared. He just doesn't have you. I was talking about Taylor Heineke. C.J. Stroud is the exact opposite. Like, he's skittish. He's scared. He's, he's got the happy feet. It's not going to work. They got a stud running back. That will keep them competitive. But their defense is bad, and Ohio State's kind of sullied their brand. Ohio State, back in the Trestle days, Ohio State was built on strong defense, on running the ball, on elite cornerback and safety play. They always had great corners and great safety. It was DBU. They've gone away from that. They wanted to be, they wanted to be Lane Kiffin. They wanted to be Oregon football. They wanted to win shootouts. They wanted to put up 50 points and give up 40, and that's what Ohio State is now. So this is the year Ann Arbor Community College, if you can't beat Ohio State in the big house this year, then, then shame on you because this is a bad team. This is the worst team that I've seen them put out in probably about 15 years. This is a team that probably loses to Penn State. This is a team that probably loses to Michigan. This is a team that could lose four games this year, maybe more. And Clemson, you're not that much better. Very easy to see that, hey, ah, when you don't have Deshaun Watson, all-world quarterback, you don't have Trevor Lawrence, all-world quarterback, you're placing him with DJ Uyangalui. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Not quite as easy to, to roll up. Wake Forest, coming for you, Clipson. They, they, they put the hammer on Florida State. Clipson's going to have some trouble. I see a, I see a, few, a, few, a few L's in, in, in their future as well. We'll be back. What I'm doing, um, for those that are, that are new, so every time we get a new affiliate, I want to I wanna play some of our classic interviews. So actually, I actually got an interview queued up with John Gorman. Everybody knows in D.C. It's an interview with John Gorman from earlier in the summer in our, in our HealthCast series. This was at a, a convention in Nashville. So enjoy that next on the Lance Day Show after these messages. You look healthy. For a man who was gut shot, you reached out to a third party who engaged me in the purpose of holding your towers. That third person's word was your word as he represented you. That's right. And I ran those East Baltimore gentlemen off. I held up my end of the agreement, at least for as long as I was physically able. You did. Your man then set up a meet at Butchie's Bar. Your man told Omar Little that I was responsible for the torture of a young boy who was close to Mr. Little's heart. Your man, in effect, sought to have me hit. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios is now a full-service consulting firm specializing in healthcare leadership. We are now helping our portfolio of clients with their strategic focus towards risk adjustment, star ratings, value-based contracting, and social determinants of health programs. Our burgeoning media empire reaches a diverse audience of 100,000 listeners weekly, putting us in a rare position to service architects, both on the strategic and promotional side of the healthcare continuum. Build your brand with Paragon 7 Studios. 
Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the Black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. Yo, this your boy Rampage. Shout out my boy DJ Cam. Free Agent Radio, it's official. Land of land, state to state, sea to sea. It's going down like this. Paragon 7 Studios, you are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. Paragon 7 Studios. here, John. I, I would have uh, been on my best behavior dress. Now, it's 90 degrees outside. And I like when I lived in Arizona, it's 90 degrees and humid. So I'm just, I'm getting used to the humidity of of the South. But I got John Gorman with me. Now, John, I gotta thank you because you made my podcast popular. Really? This interview I had with you last fall. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a bottle of champagne. Oh, man. Because when you interviewed with me last fall, that's when people started thinking. So you know, you know how people believe what they see. People believe it's like, are you know, you know John Gorman? Are you friends with John Gorman? I said, well, I've seen him speak on on different occasions. But there's so many people that want to get in touch with you for a myriad of things, and um, you know, so it's always an honor to have you on the show. So I'm Thanks, I'm broadcasting man. from from Rise, the social determinants of health, which I think is so important. You and I, we've talked before. I spent the first half of my healthcare career, just pure HCC, revenue, risk adjustment, yep. in-home assessment. Really wasn't worried about if someone's was healthy or not. As long as I got the code, I was I was happy. But now healthcare many in many ways by force because of COVID has moved into health plans are actually concerned about the holistic nature of taking care of a member and really in right. not missing, not dropping the ball in that as much as they used to. And this is where John comes in. You know, John is the chairman of, of Nightingale Partners for, for those listening to WVOL uh, 1470 here in Nashville. John Gorman is, is, is he's worked in the Clinton administration. He, he had, uh, he was one of the founders of Gorman Health Group, who I've spent a lot of money uh, during my time as, <laughs> as the person that ran Risk Adjustment Stars program, calling people from GHG. And really now he's he's in a space where where he's really locked in on, on SDOH programs and working with administrative bodies in, in DC. So how how are you doing, sir? Man, it's it's always a doing pleasure great, to have you man. on on the show. But how are you doing? How's business? Everything is rocking. All man. right, we, uh, we should probably close three to five new uh, deals in the next sixty days man, with that's a couple fantastic. of big uh, insurers. That's fantastic. And uh, we're looking at projects around. Uh, broadband internet access. We're doing uh, diabetes interventions. Sorry. We're doing some uh, uh, maternal and child health initiatives for oh, wow. women of color. Wow. Uh, we're working on uh, the deployment of community health workers. Um, 
we've got a big stake in the ground down in Puerto Rico. All right. Where the need, as you can imagine, is pretty still desperate. Still reeling from the so hurricane, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so we're really excited about that one yeah. in particular. But then also going into um, deep into the state of Maryland, right in our backyard right. in D.C., where we're based, and uh, doing a, a major initiative around... Uh, maternal child health, uh, diabetes intervention. I lived in West Baltimore as a kid, so I know. Well, that's actually <laughs> where plenty, we're going. There's plenty of needs. We're in, going in right West into Baltimore. your old neighborhood yeah, just, with a big West diabetes Baltimore, intervention right. and um, some stuff around opioid treatment as well. Those are those are communities that are really struggling out. The thing that I like about you, John, and there are a lot of there are a lot of big time healthcare executive names and people that have built castles and and, and built up the industry. You really practice what you preach. You and I say all the time on my show, there are a lot of there are a lot of companies that they talk about fairness and they talk about equity and they talk about supporting the LGBTQIA community. They talk about Latinx community, Black community, but then they don't pay they don't pay their employees equally. <laughs> they don't hire equally, and right. I always see you championing organizations that make diverse hires that actually get their hands dirty and get into some of these communities and you are not someone that holds your tongue if you if you feel rather it's an administrative issue rather it's a partisan issue if you feel that one side is not doing what they need to be doing you're you're very quick to be open and honest and i appreciate that because it's hard for healthcare executives especially people of your stature to take some of those hard stances because you're going to make some enemies taking those hard stances and really being that voice of diversity. Because I, I think that that's so important to really champion. You champion women. You champion African-American people. Sure. You champion the, the LGBTQ community. That's important. And, yeah. and where, did you, where did you really get into your career where you felt comfortable just being open and honest about those I things? I think it, it probably happened well before my career even began, brother. Yeah. I mean, yeah. my... Um, I grew up in Detroit, right downtown, four blocks from Motown. Right. Um, and I got this all from my mother, who okay. was uh, a, a primary care doc, came out of Wayne State Med School. Um, you know, we always, we lived in the projects downtown so that she could walk to work at Detroit, oh, wow. Medi at Detroit Receiving. And uh, she, you know, when you get raised by a strong single mom, right. You know, and she hammers those values into you. You carry those with you into your career. Right. And as, uh, I think that's a great story because there's perception that people that are that are leaders that have worked in administrative bodies with, with presidents, silver spoon in the mouth, went to the best schools, such and such and such. And you come from very humble beginnings. And I think you carry that with you in, in oh, your yeah. attitude. And there's just a misconception. There's so much disinformation and misinformation yeah. about healthcare, uh, healthcare leadership. And, and I... I just love, I think that there was a new, it was a position, I believe it's CMS, and it was African-American yep. woman. And you were championing this on, on LinkedIn. You have a large platform. And I just, I saw that and I was just like, man, you know, this is somebody practicing what they preach. Well, I, I was just delighted to see yeah. Chiquita Brooks Lashure yeah. finally get confirmed uh, in the face of lots of racist opposition from wow. the Republicans in the Senate. Um, she is the first confirmed black administrator of CMS mm. and I just was astounded that it had taken this long. There there had been one other black administrator, Bill Toby, who's a wonderful guy. Okay. But Bill was just acting. He had never gotten Senate confirmation. Oh, so okay. the fact that 
Chiquita got her Senate confirmation right. uh, was a really landmark event, and she couldn't be more qualified for that job as the administrator of CMS at this moment in history mm. um, than anybody I could have thought of. So I was just delighted that she finally got this job, and I thought we should all be singing it from the rooftops because no, we've got to have representation in these agencies that, you know, that dictate policy right. and that have all of the money that, uh, that comes out of Medicare, Medicaid, and the Obamacare programs now yeah. in the hands of a black woman who spent her entire career on the administration of these programs, that's something to celebrate, man. Nah, that's that's uh, that's fantastic. Tell us about tell us about your podcast, man. I've been I've been listening. I've oh. been listening. It's like you have uh, you've had some heavy hitters lined up. John Gorman has his own his own podcast and, and obviously he has he does a great job. Well, has access to some of the best healthcare minds. Now I'm doing a lot of sophomoric um comedy act type stuff so but, oh, but if you really on. want to if you really want to get the true healthcare policy you want to listen to to, to john's pockets it's, but i uh, I'm, I'm a big fan I'm a big thanks fan man it's called health equity now yep. and uh we try to focus on those that are doing real innovations yep. in social determinants of health yeah um and it really is just a wonderful opportunity to you know to speak with folks like dr nzinga harrison who's mm -hmm. the the chief medical officer at Eleanor Health, they're doing absolutely groundbreaking work in substance abuse and addiction treatment. Mm. And uh, man, I'll tell you, I have never had a podcast guest make me break out in flop sweats. Mm. But Nzinga wow. is such an amazing physician. Wow. And you know, I thought addiction and substance abuse treatment was something I knew about, but I was sweating, dude, because she, she was smashing some of my preconceived notions. Wow. that were just plain wrong. Like I had always assumed that there was stigma in the black community around uh, addressing substance abuse or addiction or just mental health issues generally. And she put that right to rest. She's like, there isn't a stigma in the black community. There's access issues mm. to getting treatment for these conditions, mm. but there isn't stigma in the community around addressing mental health. And that was, you know, that was a really important point that she made. So the, the podcast is really just uh, an opportunity for me to try to highlight folks that are doing great work like Dr. Harrison is doing. listening to the Lance J Radio Network. At Industrious, we don't want anything to get between you and your great day. That's why our private offices and suites come with everything you need to safely connect with your teammates in person or over Zoom so you can make every day a great one. Go to IndustriousOffice.com. Enjoy a great day at Industrious on us when you book a tour at IndustriousOffice.com. 
Did you know that African-Americans have the lowest vaccination rates, but have experienced the largest decrease in life expectancy during the COVID-19 pandemic? Our HealthCast series brings in the best and brightest minds in the industry to focus on facts, not fear or political theater. Avoid shaming and misinformation. Research the data. Talk to your primary care physician about risk factors. Ultimately, it's your body and your decision. This is Lance J. Wishing you a happy and a healthy.